I'm your host, Sharada Devi, of the Born to be Free podcast that serves as a bridge between the ancient and the new era, a confluence of opposites where all is seen as sacred and every experience is meant to catapult you into your supreme destiny. Welcome, I am Sharada Devi and I'm the host of this new podcast called Born to be Free. I'm so happy that you're here with me. This is my second episode and I'm going to share with you a little bit about my story of how I dedicated my life to really discovering what freedom is and how I came to desire freedom. I invite you to check out my first episode where I speak about that really all people desire freedom. When we inquire into the nature of desires, like the desire of wanting to be secure, wanting to be happy, wanting to be fulfilled. The core desire, the mother desire is that what we really want is to be free from the sense that we are insecure, that we are an unhappy person. So we are going to dive into now how I desired freedom because when I was 13 years old, I was growing up in Davos in one of the most beautiful towns, ski resorts, snowboard resorts, ice skating resorts in Europe or maybe even in the world. Davos is also known for the World Economic Forum. You may have heard of it. It's known for uh, being a ski resort where people come and spend a lot of money and time to entertain themselves. So it's a place of tourism and really the whole town is made for embracing tourism. And so the town itself is gorgeous. There are many mountains and the landscape is breathtakingly beautiful. And as a child, you have countless opportunities to engage yourself, to have hobbies. As a child, you have this wonderland where you can ice skate, you can do skiing, you can do snowboarding, you can do schlitteln, like going down with a sledge. <laughs> there are so many ways to entertain oneself and it is also a very competitive town so when i was growing up here in davos all i knew was basically competition like everyone was striving to be the best everyone wanted to be on that rank number one you know remember those like podests i think you call them the podest and you have one two one two three right and the achievement would be to be on number one or at least number two or number three. But me, <laughs> I never made it up there. <laughs> there were so many other kids that were just so much better than me. And so I was growing up in this town and really felt isolated. I was struggling a lot. And for a long time, I thought there was something wrong with me because I should be happy. I'm born in this beautiful, country, Switzerland, where we're so privileged and I had the privilege to be raised in a town like Davos where everything is possible, you should be happy, I should be fulfilled, but I wasn't. And so my life story is a life story like many other people's life story and some of the stories and some of the things that I'm going to share with you they may touch you, you may resonate with them, and I'd love to hear from you how my story touches you and if it 
inspires you in your spiritual journey, in your discovery of your own freedom. So please share in the comments with me and write to us at any time. So for me, growing up in Switzerland and being of dual culture, so some of the things I'm going to share with you, you will resonate and identify with and others you won't, but maybe you can still feel into how it is for a person <clears throat> with a certain story or background, even if you haven't experienced that. Like when we're in a, watching a movie, sometimes the story of the character, it touches us. Maybe we have never lived that, but we're so identified with the person that we really get to, to feel and experience what they've gone through and it moves us. And I invite us in this time when we are together to really also identify with each other's story and to put ourselves into each other's shoes so that we can really gain the most out of this time together. Because what I'm sharing with you, it's a story to inspire you and a story so that you can also choose freedom in your life and see that there's a person just like you or similar like you that has chosen a different path and that you can also choose a different path if you want. Because many of us that grew up in the West, we were growing up in a competitive society. We grew up in a myth, in a very unhealthy myth, where life is all about achievement. Life is all about becoming. Life is all about changing ourselves, fitting into a box, labeling ourselves, being seen, proving that we are worthy to exist, that we are worthy to belong. And that kind of myth has brought us a lot of suffering and still is bringing so much suffering to so many people where we're incapable of accepting ourselves, where we're incapable of living a fulfilled and truly happy and inspired, ah, magical life. Where most of us, we wake up in the morning and we're like snoozing 10 times just want to sleep a little bit longer, where we're oh, so frustrated that we have to go to this job that we hate, that we don't really want to go to, but we have to go to because we have to work, because we have to make money, because we have to pay our bills. How many times do we say we have to, I have to, I have to? And right here I invite you to start changing your vocabulary instead of saying I have to, I get to, I get to wake up. I get to brush my teeth. I get to cook. I get to go to do my duties. I get to contribute. It's going to change your life. It did mine. <laughs> so like most of us, many people wake up very unhappy and all they're waiting and longing for is for the happy hour. Can't wait until it's six o'clock and then get their happy hour and then go home, sleep, wake up, snooze again, have to go to work. We wait for the other happy hour and then we wait for the weekend. Yoo-hoo! Finally, the weekend comes and I can get wasted. I can forget about all my problems for 48 hours until Monday comes again. <laughs> and the whole cycle starts again. Striving, becoming, suffering, just like you. I was in that hamster wheel. I was in that hamster wheel. And it started so early. It started in childhood. So me, born in Switzerland, coming from dual culture, my father was from the Philippines, 
My parents got divorced when I was three years old. Big one. <laughs> Many people told me, this happened so long time ago, you should be over that long time ago. When I was struggling, being 10, eight, nine, 10 years old, struggling that my parents were divorced. What I've been told was, this happened so long time ago, why are you still struggling? Mm. This shouldn't be a deal anymore. I was guilt tripping myself that I was struggling. <laughs> I was struggling, struggling unknowingly because I pretended to be totally fine because I should be fine. So when my parents divorced, I moved with my mother to Davos when I was three or four years old. And so I remember the day very well. I met my cousins and it was that moment of being in a new place, meeting new people and we went to play. And so I was in this new place and there was a moment of like happiness and excitement. But I also remember very well how there was like a deep pain, a deep sorrow in my heart, still because my parents were divorced, being in a new place and not knowing, do I really belong here? So I remember having this like fire in my little heart and really trying to prove that I'm worthy to belong in this new town. Being sent to kindergarten, I remember I was like trying to prove all the time that I'm a good girl, that I'm worthy of belonging to this new group. And so I started to like trying to impress everyone. And growing up in, in that culture where everyone was trying to press, impress everyone because everyone was really actually suffering from the same difficulty, like wanting to be loved, wanting to be wanting to belong, wanting to be included. And we all learned that we have to do something in order to deserve and be worthy of being included in a new group. So I was struggling. Everyone around me was also really truly struggling. I only came to see that way later, of course. So fast forward, years passed by. I was eight years old and my father died from cancer when I was eight years old. Another big event in my life, death, like death of a father, my, my biological father. I was blessed. I received my mother when we moved to Davos. My mother married and I got a second dad, a stepdad who's been wonderful. And at the same time, of course, a lot of difficulty because the name was different and I look different. So all these difficulties of looking different and having a different name, coming from a different father, that was all there swirling around, but we never really talked about it. Like it was all there, but we didn't really address the elephant in the room. So years passed by, my dad got sick from cancer and he died very quickly, actually, just within a few months he passed. My dad was from the Philippines and that incident of him passing, I remember that so well. I was waking up in the morning, my mom would come to me and tell me, hey, Jenny, my birth name given is Jenny. And she would say, your dad passed away. And I remember that moment when I was becoming that warrior. I decided to, from now onward, I have to be strong. I have to be strong. I have to survive now. And I have to make sure to be happy because everyone else is sad. So I have to make sure to be happy and be well and prove that everything is okay. My mom would ask me, do you wanna, what do you want to do now? And I said, I want to go to school. Of course, I'm going to go to school. Why would I not go to school? So I went to school and I continued with my life. Basically, 
as if nothing happened. But that's a big event in an eight-year-old girl to lose her father, as I understood years passing by, that in that moment, like something shut down and I became that survivor and started to work very, 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 very hard for anything to really be able to feel that worthiness and deservingness to have what I, what I have. And in my heart, I didn't really fully feel worthy and deserving because why would God take away my dad? That's what the child thinks. First time thinking like, why would parents divorce? It cannot be the fault of the parent. It must be the fault of the child. The one parent dies, like why would a parent die? Why would God do something like that? Or goddess or the universe, however you call it, something must be wrong with me. So children, they never blame the outside world. They always blame themselves for a long time until we develop, we establish an ego and we start to blame the outside world for our problems. So in my case, I blame myself like many other cases and I didn't really blame the outside world until I did. <laughs> of course, the dame came and I started to see all the faults in the world, all the faults with the parents, all the faults with what is wrong with Davos and this country and Switzerland and the myth and everything. And I became like a rebel. <laughs> like a rebel trying to make a point. Right. And I felt like the black sheep in the family because I would not do what I was told to do. I had my own ways. And so years passed by and this rebel in me really grew. But with that also the pain really grew. Like the, that pain of that girl, it grew with this incidents and being in a country where, or in a town where she didn't really felt she belonged. It happened that I was 13 years old, I turned 13 and I decided to take my life. Yeah, I was 13 years old and I decided to take my life because what I really was longing for was for attention. Right? That was what was underneath. I really wanted attention. And I didn't get the attention when I was a rebel. Why are we rebels? because we're seeking attention. And so we're not getting attention, but we do get attention when we're rebels. <laughs> when we do things that are out of the ordinary, that don't fit into society's norm, we go against the rules, we get attention. So when we don't know how to ask for attention in a healthy way, and sometimes we know how to ask and we still don't get it, we start, the unconscious starts to create tension and starts to create tension in order to get attention. It doesn't matter if the attention then is coming in the form of a frustrated attention. And the attention can come from frustration. Of course, then society, the parents get frustrated with their children because they're not fitting into the norm. And so you're getting this like frustrated attention from the parents because they are overwhelmed with this rebel child. <laughs> they don't know how to address and be with the rebel. And so you get this frustrated attention and what happens is it, it compounds like the ball and the tension, it just becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and, bigger. and the pressure builds up and builds up and builds up and builds up and it's like a volcano. Boom. 
at one point, the pressure, it explodes, like a pressure cooker. Right? The pressure can be there in the pressure cooker. And then at one point, the pressure has to be released. And if the pressure is not released in a healthy way, it will be released in an unhealthy way. And so in my case, how was that pressure released? I decided to take my life because I didn't get what I needed or I thought I didn't get what I needed and the surrounding was overwhelmed. I thought I don't fit into the society and taking life is one option. So what I truly wanted was to end this suffering. I didn't know how. I tried it through being a rebel, <laughs> through going against the rules and nothing really worked. It felt like nothing worked. I wasn't understood. Nobody understood what I needed. Nobody understood that there was a girl that experienced the divorce, that experienced going into a new town, coming from dual cultures, losing her father, being in a town where everyone looked different. And I'm sharing this with you just to give example that this kind of events, they really impact. They really impacted me. And for you to really understand that the things that happened to you, they did impact you. Mm. No matter how old you were, they're all there in our unconscious. They're all there in, the, in that infinite ocean that is unseen, the ocean of emotion, the unconscious. And so for me, the same, there was this girl that was so full of pain and so full of confusion and so full of emotion that were unprocessed and so full of judgments that she made about herself, that she concluded that there's something wrong with her. How come that all of this happened to her? <laughs> and of course, everything happened to everyone. But for her, like, that was her world. And nobody could really explain how to deal with the events of life. Nobody explained us that life is full of events. And we're here to embrace them, to understand them, to feel them. And so this girl, me, full of emotions, overwhelmed with emotions, not knowing how to be with all of them and express them, tried everything to avoid this emotion. Like me being 13 years old, I was drinking at that time. I was smoking pot at that time. I was having sex at that time. Yeah. I tried so many different things to get rid of this pain, but nothing worked, nothing. And all I wanted was to end this suffering, like the ending this inner struggle. So the night came and I took all the medication that I found. And we had a lot of medication at home. A lot. And I took it all. I swallowed it. How did I survive? Because I had told my cousin that I'm going to take my life. I told her. And then she, also being very young, of course, overwhelmed, she told her mother. She told her mother that this is what I was planning to do and that I actually did it. And she told my father, my family, and they came and saved me. They came and found me in coma, in my bed, uh, unconscious, and they brought me to the hospital 
and they pumped out my stomach. And I was in the hospital and I remember my mom coming. And I'm not going to go too deep into details in regard to my mother and my father out of respect and out of the deep love and care I have because it's not about them. <clears throat> it's a story, but it's a story that so many experience. So many of us go through very deep, deep pain, not knowing how to deal with it and feel utterly helpless. And the last resort they can think of is to take their lives. And that's very sad. And it shouldn't be like that. Why? Because you're born to be free. You're born to discover your absolute fullness. You're born to discover your infinite potential and to be anything you want to be and to live your life happily and fulfilled and in awe and gratitude because life is a gift. Life is not to be wasted. Life is not to be taken. But when we are in so much pain, sometimes that's all we know to do because we think that we're going to end the suffering. But the truth is, as far as I have come to learn studying the Vedic culture for the last 20 years, studying the Vedic teachings, an ancient body of knowledge, the spiritual heritage of India, that is a map for human beings to discover true security, true happiness, true love, and absolute freedom, true freedom, like a map to get from A to B, <laughs> but here not in terms of location, here in terms of an inner journey to discover yourself, the truth of yourself. And in the Veda it says that if we take our life, we're not really ending the suffering, we're just pausing it. We're just pausing it. It's like going into deep sleep. And for the time being, you don't suffer. You don't know anything. You don't suffer. But then you wake up. If you wake up and poof, all the problems come back. And so in the same way, the Veda says that if we take our lives, we just pause the suffering and it will continue again. When we, and if we, we will, but it may take some time to get a new body, a new life. And we'll have to continue that journey. I didn't know that at that time, but knowing that now, and maybe you hearing that now, maybe it gives us some food for thought to think, do I just want to pause the suffering or do I want to actually solve the problem? This is my invitation. Right? To not just pause, to not just put a lid on things, on your experiences or your life, or to run away from it, to escape it, <laughs> to numb it out, but to actually make a decision, to choose, to use your free will and to say, I want to solve this problem. I want to find a solution. I want to find the truth. Is the suffering real? In the moment when I was suffering, the suffering was very real. I had a lot of pain. But were the conclusions real? Was I really unloved? Was I incomplete? Was the world against me? Was I always second, third, fourth, fifth, tenth, best, or never the best? Is that true? Or are these ideas all wrong? Are these all wrong notions that we have made upon ourselves? And so, going back here, I decided in that moment, because I wanted to end the suffering, but really I was not really ending it, right? 
it was a scream for help and of course i woke up my whole neighborhood my whole town <laughs> the whole town in a small town like davos many people know after everything whenever something happens everyone knows about it and so i felt so bad like i felt even worse i felt terrible before but i felt even way worse after because i took my life i didn't manage to do it like i failed even taking my life and then the whole town knows and then the pain and guilt and shame that my parents felt ooh, i still feel that a little bit even though i really worked on that to release that kind of shame and pain and guilt that i felt i caused my parents i didn't cause it right? if it was there in them then they already had it before and the situation just reveals always what is already in one's heart that's a big one every situation just reveals what is already there nothing is ever new happening to someone it reveals what is already here so the shame that was revealed through this incident was huge it was revealed that it was a huge shame and so i asked that i could move away from my town because i could not bear the idea to continue living in a town where i failed so terribly so i moved to another town and i was moving to bern with my uncle and my aunt and i lived there for a few years continuing my life still struggling and trying to numb my pain again with alcohol and and drugs etc and the pain was very strong very strong it continued to grow and fast forward a few years surviving i have no idea how i survived my teenager time how did you survive your teenager time it's a wonder we're still alive here but somehow we are and somehow i did and so when i finished my education because my dad told me you can go when you finish your education and so i had that in my mind i knew the day i finish my education i'm gone and so it was the day i finished my education i was gone i went i left and one of the places i went was india i was around 18 years old and i went to india and that's where i had my spiritual awakening but that story is for another time thank you so much for being here with me my wish is that these stories inspire you that you can ask for more to question to inquire into who you are and what you are to discover that you are born to be free that you're born to live an extraordinary life and i invite you to subscribe to my channel to share this episode to share it with your friends and to join this sacred community a community where we're seen as equals where we're seen as sacred whole and complete beings discovering that we're born to be free i'm inviting people into my community that are ready to take responsibility for their life ready to take responsibility for their emotions for their choices and are really ready to grow and want to be free thank you so much for being here with me today so much love and until next time from my heart to your deepest gratitude for your presence, may you follow your wildest dreams, live your highest purpose, and expand into the infinite, because that's what you are. <laughs>